0: Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, Rhode Island's new, not so new CIO. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon says a new bill that would allow the state to begin issuing a digital currency is underdeveloped, but he allowed it to become law anyway, without a signature. The new law means the state will issue a stable coin, which isn't yet named, that will be backed by state holdings in U.S. Treasury bills. Gordon says he still has some reservations about the potential impact the coin would have on the state's, quote, hard fought reputation as a thoughtful leader in the world of digital assets. Grace Simral, the Chief of Civic Innovation and Technology at Louisville, Kentucky, says she's stepping down. Simral steps down after more than six years and says she's proud of how cities have embraced civic innovation to solve real challenges. In a post announcing her departure, she celebrated the city winning a Department of Transportation grant and touted her office's work on broadband expansion, codifying the city's open data ordinance, and the development of an artificial intelligence strategy. Cryptocurrency exchange OKCoin suspended trading of the two city-based digital currencies operated by CityCoins. The two coins, MiamiCoin and NYC Coin, were suspended because of limited liquidity on the platform, which can be associated with low trading volume and can open tokens to fraud. The company says the suspension is temporary and trading will resume after potential risks are addressed. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Rhode Island has a new chief information officer. Brian Tardiff steps into the role after working as the state CISO and before that, the chief of staff of the IT division. He takes on the role as the state develops its first-ever ERP project and will also remain the state CISO until another one is hired. Tardiff tells Statescoops Benjamin Freed about what's on his plate now.
1: Obviously, uh, a continuation of of the fabulous work that, uh, that uh, we did under BJ's leadership here, um, and primarily uh a focus on cyber sec- continued focus on cyber security um you know obviously having the uh, chief information security officer background and yeah. still holding that role that remains a top priority for for myself and the state uh digital transformation efforts we have erp underway yeah. well underway uh, a lot of enthusiasm and excitement around that project um, and then continuing to digitally transform our existing uh it portfolio uh, making making it easier to do business with the state of Rhode Island improving the constituent experience and uh, empowering uh, state leaders to be uh, more effective in our decision making by leveraging data
2: yeah so yeah you mentioned you know the, the your your time as CISO, a role that you you still hold for now is that gonna are you gonna keep on are you are you gonna hold on to that that? Uh, title two, or are you trying to to find somebody to to uh, you know uh, you know come in and know, maybe you know relieve some of the stress because it seems like have, having all the all the IT leadership uh, roles probably seems like a, a pretty tall order.
1: It is a tall order. I think it, so. We are recruiting. We're actively recruiting to to replace uh, or to uh, to bring in a new CISO. I think that background or having that that IT security uh, background definitely um helps me in my in my new role right looking at things from a risk perspective um but we are actively actively recruiting uh for a new CISO
2: yeah uh right because you know, in addition to the all of the the risk management and uh and security uh roles that you've had uh until now you you know like you said you just said you know you're, you're dealing with modernization initiatives a big ERP project uh you know this you know making the business of government uh a bit, you know, easier. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, in, addition, in addition to some of the things you mentioned, are, are, are there you know, specific things about when it comes to, uh, you know, whether it's modernization, whether it's it's cyber, uh, that, that you're really going to try to dig into?
1: Uh, data, the data side of things, right? I think uh, being able to access, uh, have timely access, timely secure access to data across state government, um, is, is going to help us be more efficient and effective. I think, uh, you know, ERP is going to to uh, greatly enhance our ability to leverage data for reporting and decision-making. And there is an appetite now, um, you know, the, what the pandemic taught us. One of the things the pandemic taught us is that data is important. Data is extremely important in, in uh, decision-making at the highest levels of state government. And uh, that's going to be, or is it will be, uh, one of our uh, primary focus areas in IT. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, when's the last time Rhode Island uh, redid its ERP?
1: Uh, this is the this is it. This is our first ERP. I think we have right now. We have uh, uh, you know an integration of some legacy systems, mm-hmm. uh, disparate um, uh, uh, HR and payroll systems right now, and mm-hmm. we're going to a SaaS solution that's going to combine. Uh, HCM, payroll, and uh, finance capabilities. Yep.
2: So you talk about moving out of the moving out of the pandemic. I know uh, one of the things that the uh, department said that that uh, when they announced your your hire as CIO is that you, you oversaw a lot of projects uh, during COVID. Uh, what were some of the what were what were some of the, the, the COVID era projects that, that you that you were really involved with?
1: So as, as Chief of Staff, I oversaw resource management for uh, the COVID-19 um, uh, technology enhancements, uh, the deployment of, of uh, the COVID app for the state. Um, I didn't execute that, but I oversaw resources and vendor management and whatnot for that project. I was very heavily focused on the infrastructure, um, the enablement of secure remote work, yeah. um, and deployment of the, uh, the assets for our remote uh, workforce, the security of those assets um, and just really modernizing and, and making the the enhancements or executing the enhancements required on the infrastructure to support VPN connectivity and the rapid uh, the rapid deployment of of uh, the hybrid
2: workforce. Do mm-hmm. you still have a lot of remote hybrid workers in in the state government these days.
1: We do, we do. I think there's, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's a strong uh, recruitment and retention tool for state government. Having the flexibility of, of having a, uh, a hybrid uh, work policy, Um, you know, it's up to the agencies to manage their workforce. But um, the technology has been deployed, and uh, we have enabled uh, hybrid work. So, from a a technology and security standpoint, um, it's, it's here to stay. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. So. I want to ask you something. Something that was that was in the the announcement of your of your your appointment. Um, I was maybe maybe see if we could, you know, pick pick at this a little bit. Uh, there was a line in there about uh, crediting you with a a twenty percent reduction in cyber risk across uh, state agencies, and I think they that that number was based off of. Um, uh, I think I think it was a. a an assessment by by E and Y uh, or uh, uh, one of those one of those companies. Um, are you can we are you talk at all about you know what what that actually means to to reduce risks by twenty percent?
1: Uh, absolutely. So we when I first uh, when I first came on board um, in twenty eighteen, the state had just executed a cybersecurity assessment uh, mm-hmm. through Ernst and Young. Mm-hmm. And measured, uh, they measured the primary uh, domains across IT and gave the state a risk score. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I executed, uh, planned, and executed a three-year plan uh, to improve and mature the cybersecurity posture of the state, um, and then brought ENY in uh, to do a follow-on assessment against those same uh, same domains and. Uh, we came out with a uh, a twenty percent improvement across the board um, from a risk score uh, perspective. Mm. Now we use that that uh, the latest um, e and y assessment uh, to develop our next three to five year plan so that we can continue to drive uh, drive down risk.
2: yep, yeah. I guess when, when it comes to I'm just thinking when when it comes to like quantifying risk, you know are there, you know, certain strategies, certain uh, actions that you took that that paid off more than others.
1: I think I think the uh, the implementation of of uh, security governance, mm-hmm. uh, the adoption of the NIST Cybersecurity Framework, and the execute implementation and execution of of controls across the enterprise mm-hmm. um, really was uh, what helped drive us down uh, drive risk down the most. Uh, but also the the investments, um, you know, the support from the administration in funding the critical infrastructure investments to to drive down drive down risk with things like uh, the implementation of MFA across the enterprise. Um, the uh, we deployed um, XDR for all of our our remote endpoints. so there's been a significant investment and there's also been um, you know a lot of effort put into maturing the uh, the uh, processes behind uh, deployment of, of procurement and deployment of assets. Yep.
2: Yeah. All right. So, so, speaking of investment, um, I know that it seems it seems like you know, uh, like a lot of other states, uh, uh, Rhode Island's IT spending has uh, you know has actually gone up over the last few years. Um, you know, is there uh, I mean, I, in addition to anything? Besides, you know, I know there's the the ERP. Uh, project. Uh, are there? Are, what are you know? What are some of the other big investments that that you're you know, looking to that you're going to look to be making?
1: Oh, we're we're continuing to just uh, in our digital transformation efforts, continue to look at our our IT application portfolio mm-hmm. and modernize uh, modernize the core applications, uh, the core enterprise applications, and then assist our agencies in the modernization of of uh, some of the core uh, some of their core programs as well. We're looking at, um, uh, we've received funding, um, for the modernization of the child welfare information system, uh, very similar to most States, right? We're looking at, uh, just investments in, in it again, that's going to make us more efficient and effective and improve the constituent experience. I think through the pandemic, another one of the lessons learned is that it is an enabler to how, uh, state agencies can interact with uh, with our constituents, and uh, you know we're a trusted we're a trusted advisor uh, to our stakeholders, and uh, a lot of good investments are being made uh, to consolidate like applications um, at the enterprise level for deployment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I want to talk about a bit about more about your background. Uh, you joined the division the, the IT division uh, in uh, twenty twenty nineteen. Um, 2018. 2018. Uh, sorry. Yep. Uh, and you came over. You were you came over from the the National Guard, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. What What were you what, what were you doing in the National Guard?
1: So I uh, I was in the uh, between active duty Army and Rhode Island Army National Guard. Um, I was uh, in for 26 years across uh, a number of um, IT domains, tactical communications, cybersecurity. Uh, just prior to coming to the state, I was on the uh, defensive cyber operations team for the
2: Rhode Island Army National Guard. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, what, 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 is, uh, what did you pick up in, in those 26 years that you think are, you know, mo- you know, that most apply to what you're doing now?
1: I, I think uh, most applicable to this environment is, is leadership and the understanding of uh, being able to operate in a constrained environment. Um, I think uh, my my technical expertise again um, spreads across uh, all IT domains, and um, being able to execute projects on time on budget, um, obviously directly direct translation from uh, you know being on time and whatnot in the military. So I think I, I bring a, a structured, um, disciplined approach to to IT and leadership that um has already proven beneficial and uh will continue to benefit the state
2: right I mean, you've got about 200 people uh working for you now Thirteen thousand state employees uh you know what um you know what what what, what do you you know what, what do you think that they that that those the those state workers uh you know uh you know uh want want, want to get from from uh, your agency
1: I think I think it's you know we want to uh, I, I mentioned focused on the constituent experience, yeah. but um, it's also critically important that we focus on the employee experience. I think again I go back to uh, to hybrid work and the ability to uh, do your job from uh, from your your desk in the office or your desk at home, and for that uh, experience to be to be transparent and for you to be able to execute as. Um, as needed is critically important and you know i go back to uh, uh you know being a trusted advisor i think it across our state agencies is looked to as a uh, a solution provider uh to enable not only uh the the constituent experience but to improve the uh the state user experience as well
2: yeah um i think we wrap, start wrapping up soon but um you know addition to everything we've talked about uh, are there any other uh you know are there any other big things on the on the horizon for uh, you know now that you're settling into the CIO role?
1: No, I think I, again, I, I you know because I've been in this uh, in this role for a while. I, I've taken on um, you know all of the projects that are in flight. We currently have um, you know over fifty active projects across all of IT uh, across the agencies. Um, you know some of the core initiatives again focused on. Uh, whole of state cybersecurity with the state and local cyber mm-hmm. grant program, focused on uh, data sharing across state agencies uh, to enable you know uh, a, a more efficient and effective government. I think there's a lot of opportunity ahead of us. Uh, a commitment to uh, invest from the administration in both uh, technology and the workforce, mm-hmm. and I, I think we're just going to continue again to grow upon what uh, what BJ put in place here.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the, speaking of the of the of the grant program, um, you know, have you have, how far along it, are you in in um, in in um, you know developing uh, how how Rhode Island's going to use that
0: the, the cyber grant program?
1: We've put together the uh, the statewide planning committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've met a couple of times, mm-hmm. and we're working uh, collectively to put together the uh, the statewide cyber uh, cyber plan. Uh, that's required to tap into that into the fund. So, we submitted our our letter of intent to participate. Uh, we requested uh, the extension for the plan. Yeah. Uh, so that we could get all the relevant parties together here in the state, and uh, we're driving towards delivering that plan uh, uh, or submitting that plan for approval by October of this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you, you think and it sounds like you think you'll be able to get a decent bounce out of it. Is, that, is, is No,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I think you know Rhode Island. We're small geographically, yeah. uh, which I think gives us a lot of opportunity with this grant program to to all of, for the for the whole of state to uh, get in get uh, rowing in the same direction as far as um, our cybersecurity maturity.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I I assume you know, I imagine in your you know time at CISO, you you've had you know you you've had to you know. Help you know step in and, and help out uh, communities that have that have uh, that have uh, gotten in trouble on the cyber front. Um, you know what's uh, how, how do you, how do you see that relationship uh, uh, when when you ha- you know when you ha- kind of have to you know come in and, and help out?
1: I, I think uh, I'll go back to the comment I just made about us being kind of a geographically small. Right, it's a very tight knit community of uh, of IT and cybersecurity leaders across the state and. Um, I'm frequently engaging uh, not just in time of crisis, but um, you know, through the planning committee, um, through our joint cyber task force, uh, through some of the uh, technical organizations across the state. Uh, I engage, I speak, um, I'm invited to to a number of events. so very tight-knit uh, tight-knit community uh, committed to, improving cybersecurity um, across uh, the, the whole state.
0: Brian Tardif, the Chief Information Officer for Rhode Island. You can read more about him and Rhode Island at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a Scoop News Group production. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes to it. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.